Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome in, my friends, to another episode of Behind the Pen. My name is Mike Rankin, and I'll be your host for today's show, and I am accompanied by Mr. Sean Anderson. Hello. Of the Primetime Podcast. Just nope. kidding. I always do that. Yeah, I, was, I thought you were actually being serious. <laughs> it was a fast break podcast. Nice job. Along with Dave Oster and Ricky Woodmer. Ricky's not here because I don't want him here. Yeah, no. He's here enough. He's annoying. Hey, Ricky. Hey, Ricky. Hey, Vikings suck. The Vikings do suck. No, I hate it. We're talking a lot of... Sports today and sports and things because that's what we got for you on behind the we, pen. Is that what that's, we do that, on the I sports think that's our podcast job here on Most Available Podcast? I think we usually talk sports. Speaking of Most Available Podcast, go to blogtalkradio.com backslash Most Available Podcast to listen to the Fast Break Podcast as well as everything else that we have for you in the sporting world and maybe even some video games and some other stuff. So check it out. Also become a Patreon. That's important to us. We will do more for you if you support us even more so than you do on YouTube, which you can subscribe to our channel. On most available podcasts, right? Uh, that's yeah. yeah we're, I think we're pretty good with uh, the, necess- the necessities here. Yeah, the video game stuff might not be on Blog Talk Radio, but the video games will definitely. Yeah, be on if YouTube. you guys like video games, check it out. Like we we got Madden and Overwatch and stuff. Probably gonna be live streaming Madden pretty soon. Oh, like, there you go. I think we I think we we're gonna either do it on Fridays or Saturdays, something like that. We'll kind of mix in fantasy football talk because we usually don't talk fantasy football. Pretty here. cool. Yeah, I mean, my fantasy team is really middle of the pack, three and two, two and three. Is that in the MVP league? In the MVP League, I'm actually doing okay. Oh, in the, actually, in the MVP League, what's up, guys, by the way, whoever's in this league, I'm the best. Um, yeah, no, we're good. <laughs> I really haven't made many roster changes because of the way I drafted in the 20-man league, so I'm yeah. proud. But anyway, we have a lot on tap for today's show, and mainly we're going to focus on baseball because the Chicago Cubs, if you haven't heard, moving on to the NLCS, a chance at a pennant for the first time since 1945. And I don't know why Sean's so upset about it. It's just one of those things. Like, Because yeah, I'm a Sox fan. You guys are annoying. <laughs> what do you mean we're annoying? This is, this oh, is, my God. We, we deserve this. Do you? We do. Do you really? Why do you deserve it? Well, me being a uh, 20-something-year-old. 20 uh, well, honestly, okay. Like, With the Chicago Cubs, going back to what 1908 was their last championship, mm-hmm. nobody's seen them win ever, right? No, everyone's and, dead. No, of <laughs> Well, true. Every, everyone's dead. Everyone, everyone's much. and the last time they've actually won a pennant was 1945. Most and, of the people and from there really are dead. that was before, what during the World War Two when World nope. War Two was coming uh, after, to an end after yeah. World War Two. So hey, <laughs> it was ten years. 2016. After World War II. This is the year I'm telling you guys. This is it. The Cubs have the most balanced team out of anybody left in the playoffs. We'll probably talk ALCS as well. The Blue Jays and Indians. Mm-hmm. And as always, we got Chicago Bears talk. Ah, Bears. Unfortunately. The, yeah. the one in four Bears. God, I'm just I'm hoping for that number one pick. That's all. That's all we need now. How did 
I said ten and six. Let's talk. To, let's talk. Cubs. Okay, we're, let's we're, talk Cubs first. We're going Cubs <laughs> baseball first because we have to. Like, yeah. what an insane series that was between the Cubs and Giants. A fun series, a, a really fun series. I mean, game one, obviously, you got your your pitching duel, which I which I, I, I can, I'm kind of coming around to the pitching duels uh, on the MLB side. I don't know if it's just because it's it, it's it, it's just I, I like I like pitching much more than than hitting. But the thing is, is that that was a crazy pitch, pitching matchup, and then Javi just cracks one to left field, and you're like, is it going to go out? Is it going to go out, Matt? Matt Vescurgeon's freaking out on the yeah, call. I love it. And then that that was crazy. I mean, uh, game two, just obliterated Shark, which I, I kind of like seeing because I hated him when he was in in the uh, in the White Sox because he just sucked. But also, I kind of have some love for him since he was my favorite wide receiver at Notre Dame. Uh, and then obviously game three with the, the the crazy comeback, the crazy Bryant home run, and then even game four with the crazy comeback. Yeah, well, you know what? I want to break down. Game by game, not necessarily go too deep into it, but there's mm-hmm. some things that I'm going to talk about and, and some stuff. <laughs> and game one, what an awesome way to kick off the postseason for the Cubs. It's one of those things where you have John Lust, your guy, who's arguably been their best pitcher all season. He is their best pitcher all season. You compare the numbers. This is a career year for this man. Gets into the postseason, lives up to, to expectations, and really pitches lights out. He was dancing in and out of trouble throughout game one, and he was able to locate. Man, he was on that day. But also, his counterpart, Johnny Cueto, Cubs couldn't do anything with him. Cueto arguably pitched a better game. Yeah, he, he just did. made that one mistake. Did. Cubs managed only three hits in game one, and obviously the one run came on Javi Baez's home run that, mm-hmm. well, first of all, looked like it was a no-doubter, right? But the wind yeah. was blowing in, it was a colder night, and it just managed to get out into that basket. And there was elation on the north side because it's like, yes, I'll tell you what, if they didn't get that win in game one, we would it would be over possibly. I don't know if it would be over, but it's a completely different Absolutely. series. Absolutely. Completely different series because then, you know, obviously Samar just going to fuck up game two because he's just a bad pitcher. Right, right. I mean, I, and I also called that Travis Wood home run. Did you? I called it on Twitter. <laughs> I, I said 20 bucks next uh, n- next at bat, Wood hits a homer. And, and that leads into the next conversation yeah. uh, within the Chicago Cubs. It's, it's their starting pitchers and their relievers who were driving in runs for the Cubs throughout the series, at least in the first three games. Yeah, I mean, Hendricks, obviously, Arietta with the homer, and, and Wood with the homer, too. Huge. And then in game two, yeah, it was pretty much controlled by the Cubs throughout, and that was a really well-played game by them. I mean, they took advantage of the Kyle Hendricks bloop to run single. So, you know, take what you can get when you have uh, th- these things happening. But in game three... Real, yeah, we, qu- real go quick, ahead. though, but how, how worried are you about Hendricks' arm? Because I know he did take that yeah. shot right back up. I mean, up he was throwing a bullpen session today, so I think he'll be all right. I think he'll be healthy. I'm assuming he starts game two. Does it worry you at all? No. I mean, it, it was probably just a bruise to the forearm. You yeah. know, just give it. They have enough time to rest. I mean, mm-hmm. game two isn't until Sunday, so Hendricks will probably be there at home in that game. And he pitched well at home, so I feel good going Lester, Hendricks, in one and two. And the potential matchup, before we get into the rest of the series, looking ahead to either the, the Nationals or the, or the Dodgers, we're recording this before game five of that series, it really doesn't matter to me. I mean, Scherzer's going tonight. I'm picking the Nationals, so if the Nationals win, it would be Tanner Rorick, Gio Gonzalez, Joe Ross, before we even have to face Scherzer, Mm -hmm. or we, the Cubs, have to face Scherzer, uh, unless Scherzer goes in game three, whatever. But it's a good thing because the Cubs got the series done in four, and honestly, I I picked the Cubs in four against the Giants, uh, and I was giving them the Bumgarner game, but in game three, Sean... They had it. They absolutely had it. And that was when Jake Arrieta hit that three-run homer off Mad Bum. And that offense was anemic throughout the entire series to that point. Anthony Rizzo was over. I mean, you had guys like Chris Bryant, Javi Baez. They, they were the only ones contributing. Mm. And yet you had an opportunity with Jake Arrieta mound. He goes six innings, gives you a chance to win. Gives you the homer, too. Absolutely. He, he was the player of that game yeah. until the eighth inning. 
And I wanted to bring this point up, too, because, and I feel like, yeah, they lost Game 4, and there was kind of some dread, especially in, in Game 4 when they were when they were losing. Did I say they lost Game 4? I meant they lost Game 3. Game 3, yeah. Whatever. They lost Game 3, but it was the way they lost Game 3 that made you feel like... Because going in, it's like, okay, you give Bumgarner a game, and that's fine. But the way they lost it, it's just like, oh, that that's draining, you know? I mean, if, if the Giants did end up winning the series, I think Connor Gillespie becomes the no. most hated man in Chicago because, one, <laughs> he didn't do shit when he was on the White Sox. Yeah, what good I mean, season. he comes and knocks, knocks out the Cubs. I mean, that was, that was ridiculous. I mean, Gillespie versus Chapman, you're going to take Chapman 99% of the time, even though Gillespie did have that huge homer in the wildcard game. I mean, still, I mean, Chapman... Chapman's one of the best closers in in, in the MLB, mm-hmm. and Connor Gillespie is known as a, a very journeyman third baseman, and he just cracks one to right field on the yeah. triple. Yeah, I mean Connor Gillespie, God bless his soul. He had a huge go ahead home run in the wild card game, and then he comes up big uh, against the Cubs a few times. I just it's just weird. Postseason's weird, and really the Giants were composed of a bunch of guys like that, like Kelby mm. Tomlinson and and Panic and, and all these other guys. But like it's one of those things. Like I was looking at Game Four though. And uh, I'm sorry, game three still. When Arietta had the three-run homer and they were clinging to a 3-2 lead, and then you enter the eighth inning. And I, I don't like to question Joe Mann because 98% of the time, Joe Mann's going to get it right. Mm-hmm. But I felt like he got it wrong in that eighth, eighth inning when he started Travis Wood, right? And, like, the theory was okay. Like, you understand it. Travis Wood in the eighth inning, you're up by one, you face a lefty, take him out, bring in Rondon to face the next two guys, but... Obviously, it's easy for me to say, like, I criticize him because it didn't work out, but it just it puzzled me because he went to Chapman in an unconventional situation where you had to get six outs. Mm-hmm. But so if you're going to Chapman, and this leads to the question if a part of the lineup, say the heart of the order, uh, is coming up in the eighth, is that more of an important inning than the bottom of the ninth? I think that just because. I mean, the the I mean, it's in the fucking name. I mean, he's a closer. He's he's yeah. got to go in and, and close this game out. And I, I think that's what why you have a guy like Rondon to be your setup guy to to, to rely on him in the eighth, or even have uh, Pedro Strope to do that as well. You you need that setup guy to set him up for the clean knockout. Because I mean, obviously, you know, you, you want your best pitcher to go up against their best hitters just because to give you the best matchup here. But you also need to have trust in your bullpen that the guys that you have there can can close out games. And I, I think that. Obviously, you know, uh, Rondon wasn't fantastic in, in his outing. You know, he faced like what he faced one batter and gave yeah, up a hit. Yeah, I mean, he's he or he, he walked a guy and then gave up a hit. He was dealing with injury at the end of the season. Really mm-hmm. didn't get much work in September. I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a dominant pitcher, but we haven't seen that consistency yet, especially coming off that injury. But what I'm what I'm trying to get to is in that situation. Obviously, it failed. It was a huge game. Obviously, you can clinch and move on after a sweep, whatever. Don't even have to worry about Game Four if you're gonna bring in Chapman in the eighth inning. Why not start him in that inning, and then that way you have Rondon in the ninth or whoever you want to throw in yeah. as you know a, a safety cushion because obviously Rondon's been a closer before. He's been the Cubs' closer before they acquired mm-hmm. Chapman. You even have C.J. Edwards in the bullpen who's got electric stuff. You even had Mike Mo- Montgomery. I know he was, he's more of a long reliever, but sure. still he was lights out when he Absolutely. came in. Absolutely. So I just felt like that, that just didn't resonate well with me, especially the way it happened. But in the ninth inning, it, it was huge. Despite the fact they lost in, what was it, 13 that game? Yeah. Chris Bryant with that with that game-tying home run in that the ninth scraper. inning. That's one of those things. Like This Cubs team isn't going to give up, and we saw it in the game winner in game four. They were dominated by Matt Moore all night, and... In the ninth inning, they get the largest comeback victory in postseason history. It was just 
elation. And something that I talked about with you earlier, I think it was like last Friday before before game one happened, was like postseason magic or, the, or the, that those moments that really stick out to you. And the and I said I don't know where this is going to come from the, for the Cubs because last year it was Schwarber uh, and obviously you know the Mets had more postseason magic w- with Daniel Murphy and that's kind of why you guys got knocked out. And then obviously just the Royals were just a better team and that's why they won in the, they they won last yeah, year. Yeah, and the but, Cubs couldn't hit good pitching, but yeah, yeah. But, but with the Cubs this year, I mean, you see the the Javi hit that almost goes like that barely gets right. out there. That's some postseason magic. There. Absolutely, Javi Baez just who was huge in the first two games with those two huge hits, uh, and then you obviously have Chris Bryant barely hitting one out. Yep. And, and you even see the comeback in game four. It was just it's it's crazy that you might be seeing some magic from the Cubs. And that's really what things gonna, are going the Cubs way for the first time. It say. seems like forever, you know, especially in the postseason. This, this stuff doesn't happen to the Cubs. And I know like all the, all these things where people are saying, oh, the, uh, the goat and the curse and everybody. Like the, stop. The fan Burton. base is all about Burton. waiting. Stop for the Cubs to fail. But this is a different team now. I, I don't think guys like Anthony Rizzo, Chris Brian, John Lester, they're wearing this Cubs uniform without even thinking about the history of the game. They're just going out to win. And I think that's a different, it also is a credit to Joe Madden for instilling this philosophy to be able to just get that out of mind. I think even having Theo there, too. I mean, Theo broke the Red Sox curse. Oh, I mean, we, that, we can that, that just... Was, that's the thing. I mean, you, you uh, have... The Theo Epstein all day. You, you have that magic there. You have you have a guy who said, hey, I, I've done it before. There's no curse. I mean, you could break the curse. I think I think that definitely helps, too. And I, I also just think that Cubs fans in general, I know I know that they're the most worrisome and, and depressed fans in the league. But still, I think I think that... Some Cubs fans are kind of like, all right, we're getting through this. I kind of, I kind of see some glimmer of hope, and it, it kind of makes me happy as a White Sox fan because if they do lose, you guys are gonna be so crushed. Oh, and it's gonna be hilarious. No, this is the best opportunity for the Cubs to win the World Series, and I believe they will get to. I think the biggest test for them was the San Francisco Giants, mm-hmm. and there was That's like what a lot of Cubs fans. There was a, there was a smaller margin for error in the NLDS because one game can swing, mm-hmm. and it's easier to win three in a row than having to win four in a row. Obviously, yeah. if you're down three zero as opposed to two zero, as the Giants were. And I'm telling you, after game four, well, during game four uh, in the eighth inning, after Matt Moore just mowed down the lineup yet again because his offense was anemic. I think the it was, uh, what was it, Javier Baez is the leading hitter on offense besides... Well, Travis uh, Wood. Well, Travis Wood had, <laughs> yeah, he had one at bat and a home run. Hey, dude, he's slugging, he's slugging like crazy. And, and so was uh, and Kyle Hendricks. And, yeah, yeah. I mean... Wilson Contreras in six at bats is, is is killing it. But Javi's been huge. But as yeah. consistent offensive players, it's Javi Baez, Chris Bryan, and then it falls off the table. They're going to need offensive production going into the NLCS, especially if they have to face a lineup like the Dodgers or the Nationals, because that lineup right there, uh, the heart of that order, they're they're all consistently tough. Yeah, and one thing that the, the the Cubs don't have to worry about as much is that none of these teams are is, have a good pitching staff as the Mets did last year. Right. You're still gonna have to worry about obviously Scherzer. Kershaw's been okay. I mean, he's been, he's been up and down in the playoffs. Yeah, he's but after been that, Kershaw. it's like, yeah, you know? It, well, yeah, I mean, Rich Rich Hill Meh. wasn't good in his start. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the Dodgers have the worst pitching rotation, but then again, I, I, would, I would say that they just they, they do have something about them uh, that, that's, I mean, obviously, Corey Seager's been hitting the lights out. Their lineup, yeah. Chase out at least clutch. I mean, Adrian Gonzalez, I know he hasn't been the same Adrian Gonzalez we've seen, but he's still, you know, Aegon. I mean, he, he could turn it on. Just you know, uh, guys like that can can really turn it on. Jack Peterson's dangerous uh, if he can hit a fastball. But I mean, 
the thing is, is that I think the Nationals probably give the Cubs the most to worry about because you do have Scherzer, you have Gio Gonzalez, who is a veteran and who hasn't been as great as as he w- once was. Uh, Tanner Roark wasn't great in his first start, but you know, then again, he might come around at some point. So I think the Nationals, especially with Daniel Murphy, that's a guy you got to worry about. Jason Worth's a guy you got to worry about. Some guy named Bryce Harper, don't know if mm-hmm. you heard of him, former M- an MVP who hasn't really shown that. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot to worry about. I think with the Nationals. Yeah, and I look at the lineups. I look at both lineups. There's Concern on both sides, I guess, if I had to look at it. But I still feel confident the Cubs can take them on, especially comparing the two rotations as we just went through. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for the Dodgers, they're left-handed heavy. You got Agon, yeah. you got Peterson, Utley, Seeger. All these guys fill that lineup left That could pose a problem to three right-handed starters against the Cubs. And over on the other side, in the Nationals, you look at the heart of their order, these guys are coming through. Trey Turner, nice young player, stepping up this postseason. Bryce Harper's Bryce Harper, despite the fact he's hitting under 200 this postseason. Ryan Zimmerman coming through. Daniel Murphy. Anthony Rendon. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're solid defensively. And it's one of those things like, all right, Cubs got to be able to maintain this offensive production. I hope hope they woke up in in Game 4. I hope they can put together solid at-bats because... Addison Russell struggling. Anthony Rizzo got on base three times in Game Four, which is big. They need Anthony Rizzo. Well, Ad, yeah, obviously they need Rizzo. But with one, one thing with Russell, I mean, Russell wasn't a, a high hitting average shortstop. Right, but he, he did he did drive in over well, ninety five. That, that was the thing is, right. is that he comes in, in kind of clutch. So I think I think Russell's the, the least to worry about because I feel like if if he comes up in you know. Top nine. Well, they have high guys. Like, yeah, but but if if you you know you need uh you, you need Addison to step up, I think Addison will step up when when he most needs Interestingly, it. Interestingly, Rizzo though, I mean, if he's if yeah. he's the NL MVP or is is you know kind of in in the discussion for it, he's got to start showing it. Yeah, if he's not one, then he's going to be two to Chris Bryant because I mean, let's let's be honest, it's between those two in the NL right now. But you mentioned Addison Russell, and this I bashed on Joe Madden, and the, we're going to wrap up this Cubs conversation here because we're kind of rattling off, but it's easy mm-hmm. with. Joe Madden, he totally redeemed himself from Game 3 in his managerial decisions going into Game 4 because Game 4 was just perfectly executed, especially in the final inning. You had Matt Moore out of the game in the ninth, and you had an opportunity with Coughlin, right, in a run scoring position, or I'm sorry, with Addison Russell with runners in scoring position, Mm -hmm. second and third, uh, two-run game, and they pinch hit him for Coughlin to play the hand to get Sergio Romo out of the game to play the hand of Javier Lopez, uh, for the Giants, it was Bochi, you know, doing matchup thing. He takes Coglin out of the game, knowing Bochi would get to uh, the lefty. Brings in Wilson Contreras, hits the clutch base hit up the middle, ties the game, and then from then on, I mean, yeah, we had Jason Hayward bump back to the pitcher. My gosh, this guy always hits into double plays, and Brandon Crawford makes that error. He gets the second base. Javier Baez is clutch. Six to five, Cubs win. That was unreal. The way that eight, uh, that ninth inning played out, and Chapman comes in in the bottom half after struggling in the previous game and just shuts the door, and that's what it is. And the Chicago Cubs right now have the momentum, and they feel really good about moving on uh, into this postseason. So as we wrap up this conversation, whoever it is, do you think the Cubs get out of the NLCS? Uh, if it's the Dodgers, yes. Uh, if it's the Nationals, no. I think I think you. Well, I, I don't I don't think you'll be able to get the 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 curse of Dusty Baker off your back. I think du- I think Dusty Baker curse, will be, curse, curse. Well, I, no, I think Dusty Baker will knock you out of the playoffs, and I think that Daniel Murphy's just gonna be he's gonna be the same guy that we saw last year. I, I, I no, mean, Daniel Murphy's in, killing it in different in different ways. Obviously, he's not gonna be hitting six home runs and however right. many games in, he hit, but in consecutive, yeah. but, but he's still is knocking the shit out of the ball. And, and obviously, you know, you have to deal with a guy like Bryce Harper. You have to deal with Scherzer. I, I think that the lineup will. 
because the Giants didn't have those heavy hitters, right. the Nationals do. And that's that's the thing that's going to worry there is is that I don't think Rizzo's going to step up. And I, I think that the, the, the middle of the lineup for the Nationals would step up. So if, if it's the Dodgers, you guys are going on to the World Series. If it's not, I, I say I say that you guys are losing the NLCS. Check out my NLCS previews. I talked about a lot of different things in terms of the matchup with the team that is facing the Cubs. And I'm going to go with the Cubs in five, regardless of who's in it, whether it's the Nationals regardless. or the Regardless. Because really? I, I think the Cubs match up well against both teams, and I feel like this is their year. So that's that. But I'm going to be paying close attention as we transition to the next conversation into the ALCS round between the Balts, or the, uh, I'm sorry, Toronto Blue Jays and Cleveland Indians. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to this matchup big time. I don't know about you. Oh yeah, no, I mean I'm I'm excited for it because one, uh, you, you got the same matchup you didn't have, you had in the Eastern Conference Finals for the uh, NBA playoffs. Oh, look at that! You got the Toronto Raptors and, and Cleveland Cavaliers. You got the Cleveland Indians and Toronto Blue Jays. And these are two teams that when I did the ALDS preview, I look like a fucking moron because I picked the Rangers. I think in four, and I picked I the Red you. Sox in four. I don't blame you. Uh, and obviously both teams swept, which which is surprising because the Indians kind of needed that with with you know Kluber kind of being. You know, iffy with with his injury, uh, and, and you needed that just because Toronto, they're such a a, a pretty much do or die team where it's you know you're going to live and die by the long ball, and and they obviously thrive from that, and then you obviously you you have your time to 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 rest up your starters so that they can go pretty deep, and obviously this this rotation's been good, uh, but yeah, no, I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to this so much, very much so. I, I look at the Cleveland Indians. Well, you're you're half an Indians fan, and you know they're my team in the American League. I'm going to say, I'm going to be flat out honest with you. Yeah. I, I've been a fan of the Indians for I don't know how long, and I don't know why. I just do. Mm-hmm. Um, even though whatever, we're not going to get into that conversation. Even though, blah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying it's related to their mascot. But I'm just saying you look at the starting rotation, right? They lost Danny Salazar, who isn't going to be available in the ALCS. You lost Carlos Carrasco, your two best pitchers, better than Kluber this season, and yet here they are. They were relying on guys like Trevor Bauer, Josh Tomlin, Mike Clevenger. Clevenger pitched very well. Uh, Bauer. Was huge in in game one. Kluber for, was great. For, yeah, and 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 Kluber stepped in in game two. This I really am digging this Indians team right now. Their lineup is coming up with timely hitting, and on the other side, you look at the Toronto Blue Jays, and you know what? This rotation, this rotation is legitimate. You have to look at Jay Happ, the consistencies with him, mm-hmm. but Aaron Sanchez. Aaron Sanchez looks like the most dominating pitcher in the league right now. He's ridiculously good, and and one thing. As well, that kind of kind of ste- steps up too. Is I mean, uh, he he wasn't great in his first start. I mean, he was he wasn't fantastic giving up six runs. But but even Estrada was good in eight and eight and uh, a, th- a third. E- even Marcus Stroman was good. Sanchez was really your your worst pitcher right. in, in the postseason, and that's I, I think that's a good sign because how good he was in the regular season. That you know, it's most likely that he's going to bounce back. I mean, I, I I look at this and it makes the Blue Jays such so so much dangerous just because you look at the, the their lineup and and how good their lineup is and, and that you know Donaldson looks like he's finally no, he's coming back. Hitter. He's the best yeah, hitter. He's in like the playoffs right now. Yeah, finally coming back around because uh, he, he did kind of a, a down season after his uh, MVP season. Edward Encarnacion's just hitting the Encarnacion and Bautista together. He's it's hitting just the like, skin off the ball. It's unreal. And, and Tulo's looking like he's bouncing back too as well. I mean, it, it looks ridiculous. I mean, it, it, the Blue Jays look. Absolutely dangerous, but the one thing about the Indians is that they're just consistently good, and that the Indians are just a well-rounded team where the the Blue Jays do thrive off of that going offensive deep. production. Yeah. And yeah, and you got to like we mentioned, Aaron Sanchez, uh, Marco Estrada, and Marcus Stroman, Jay Happ, even like they drove twenty-five runs in four games. Like yeah. that's that's not offensive production you can keep up. Yeah, I'm looking at this bullpen though, and that's maybe the difference in the series mm-hmm. between the Indians. 
and the Blue Jays because Cleveland, you can rely on guys like Shaw. Well, Shaw is like, uh, you know, I mean. You have Andrew Miller, though. And Andrew Miller. And that goes back to the Cubs conversation you have. You have the most dominant pitcher in the game. When do you put him in the game? Is it in the most stressful situation? That could be in the sixth inning. But we see Andrew Miller going out there and just shutting the door Mm -hmm. in consecutive outings and innings pitched. Then you have Cody Allen, uh, uh, Tomlin, Otero. I really like this uh, Cleveland team. I really do. If I had to pick, and you know what? Who who a, a guy who I'm looking at right now a, a younger player who stepped up is Jose Ramirez. Yeah, I was going to mention him too. Yeah, he's betting 500, right? Jose Ramirez with uh is like a one or point like three something one point two OPS. He's just absolutely killing it. Yeah, even Kipnis too. I mean the their their infielders has been huge. Yeah, their their infield infielder if infielders have been huge yeah. uh, hitting wise, and it, it's surprising seeing a guy like Jose Ramirez step up and, and do this. Even though he did have a really nice regular season, it's still you know when, when a young guy like this does step up, I mean that's huge for a team. Uh, and, and the fact that he is just. He's he's not doing something that's that's unsu- unsustainable. I mean, he's just hitting the ball. It, it's like with with Incarnacion. I think he has three homers first, uh, seven runs batted in. I mean, that's something that's you know record pace. Just just insane what Incarnacion it's don't Incarnacion is doing. But with Jose Ramirez, you know, he's taking walks here. He he struck out only once. I mean, he's he's batting five hundred. He's got an on base of of five eighty three. I mean, he just looks like he's going to be able to get on base consistently for the Indians. That's a guy that I know he doesn't have the greatest amount of speed here, but still, you can put him at this one spot and he can get on base for you. Then you can rely on a guy like Jason Kipnis. Weirdly enough, Lonnie Chisenhall, who's hitting uh, yep. fantastic for the Indians, to to, to drive in a guy like Ramirez. Absolutely. I, I, you look at the uh, this Cleveland team, and I'm, you're not getting much production from Carlos Santana. You're not getting much production from Mike Napoli. But these guys are stepping up, and you're getting a lot from the mm-hmm. starting pitcher. And you know what? Terry Francona. Terry Francona managed that Boston Red Sox team in 04, and he won a World Series with them, obviously. And you have that veteran managerial presence in the postseason to keep these guys locked down. And the way he manages his staff in terms of pitching, it, it really is going to be the difference in this series because how— willing are you going to go to the bullpen early as opposed to in Toronto you really want to stretch out these starters and rely mm. on these guys because you want to kind of stay away I mean Jason Grilly I mean that's the only guy really that I can see is kind of consistent like that and lockdown. obviously Ozuna too going down with an injury and him not being completely healthy I mean yep. that's, that's, a, that's a big loss to that bullpen yeah so I'm looking at this series and I'm going to I'm going to give the edge to Cleveland right now no way. See, you got, See, I you're said going was, with Toronto. I said it was insustainable, but I think it's going to be insustainable until they get to the World Series. I, I, I think that the 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 aura around Toronto right now, and even even what Toronto's fans are bringing to the stage, and, and, and this pitching staff that was great, where your where your starting pitch, your best starting pitcher in Aaron, Aaron Sanchez was your worst starting pitcher in the playoffs. I think that he bounces back, and I think that that. The Blue Jays will have that kind of postseason postseason magic that we're talking about, and, and that, that that will take them to the World Series. I just I just look at this too. I mean, even Lindor, you know, striking out five times, he doesn't look like he's going to be able to bounce back. But when your best hitters are hitting, and that's what the Toronto Blue Jays are doing, it's really hard to lose. And then when you have a great you know great starters to rely on, I mean, it's it's going to be hard to hard hard to put that away. Yeah, it's you know what this this Cleveland team has to overcome the Blue Jays offense. That's mm-hmm. going to be it. For this series. And the series begins Friday, October 14th in Cleveland. So, hey, I'm looking, I'm, I'm just so excited. I'm so excited because the winner will face Chicago Cubs, and that's pretty much a foregone conclusion. Them, There's You're no such them. thing as jinxes. Get the hell out of here. You're talking about a, 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 an announcer calling a no hitter, and he says he has no hits through seven innings, and then Jake Arrieta throws a no hitter. That's not jinxing him. No. 
No, but saying not. he's going to throw a no hitter and then him giving up a hit. Well, no, 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 no I'm, not say, I'm not saying that. But people are talking about jinxes all the time. It's like, oh, you can't mention. Oh, you jinxed him. Oh, you said he was throwing a no hitter, so he gave up a hit. It's your fault. It's like, are you serious? Like, there's no control over with that. It's outcome. baseball, dude. Yeah, it's baseball. Baseball's weird. That's baseball. I'm taking Cleveland in six games. I will take Toronto in six. Okay. I'll take Toronto. They're gonna, well, it'd be tough to win in. Uh, I think they'll in take. The, I'll take game two. They'll take game two in Cleveland. They'll take the two at home. So then, and then, well, yeah. So then, yeah. yeah I think it's. I think it's two. Is it, does it go two, three, two? I think that's the World Series, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm not I'll, sure how exactly. What I'll say like, is they'll win one in Cleveland and then win three of the four last four. Okay, that's fair. I think they'll probably yeah, go on a three-game winning streak. I, I always get confused with the scheduling, and I probably should have looked this up. Is it two, two, one, 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 or is it two, three, two? Then, like, because I know the World Series is two three two. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, yeah, please do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> dance on stage. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're good. So, all right, I got Cleveland. You got Toronto. We're gonna revisit this topic when Cleveland wins. I'll just rub it in your face as I always do when I'm right. Are you are you gonna rub it in my face? Do you want to put a bet on it? No, we're not. You usually don't want to put bets on stuff. Yeah, because my luscious locks over here is usually the culprit. Uh, two three two. Okay. Two, three, two. So there we go. The ALCS so, is, 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 is. I'll say it goes game one, Indians. Game two, Blue Jays. Game three, Blue Jays. Game four, Indians. Uh, game five, Blue Jays. And then game six, Blue Jays. Go, Cubs, go. That's all I got to say about they're that. Lose. It doesn't matter who they play. They're going to lose to the Nationals. Matter. They're going to lose to the Nationals. All this is irrelevant. Hey, dude, I said they're going to lose to the Giants. <laughs> I said they're going to lose to the Mets. I said they're going to lose to the Giants. And now I'm going to say they're going to lose to the keep, Nationals. You can keep saying that. That's I'm fine. probably jinxing these teams. Yeah, whatever. Anyways. All right, let's move on to our final topic <laughs> of Behind the Pen, and it's yeah. our favorite topic. It's Dop, Dop Bears. Dop Bears. Oh, they make me sad. Oh, they're oh, they make me so sad. They're depressing. Going into the season, I'm a fool. I'm honestly, I'm a fool. Going in thinking <laughs> they were going to be decent, 10 and 6. I said decent. 7 and 9. I mean, that's fair. Because I'm realistic. That's fair. I mean, you know what? I had realistic expectations that this draft class would come up big and this coaching staff would, would be able to take this next step, and instead, they're regressing. Yeah, they've been bad. They've been awful. It, it, it's it's just weird looking at this team because it's like, all right, this Texans game, you're really in it for the first half, and it's like, okay, you might you might be able to pull this out. Nope, Texans blow you out in the second half. The Eagles, awful game, terrible. There, there's there was like nothing positive to take away from it, and I would rather probably lose like that than than what we did to the Cowboys, where it was like we're kind of in it, then the Cowboys pull away, and then we're kind of in it, then we kind of pull away, and then we have like all this yardage and uh, garbage time, but not able to put up more than seventeen points. Mm-hmm. The Lions game was seventeen like, points. You kidding me? Yeah, the Lions the Lions game too was like it's like yeah we won, but did we really win? Right. It, 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 it well, that defense like was shut down in that game. They they had a really good game plan against Matthew Stafford. They executed, mm-hmm. and I was just like sweet, yeah, like, sweet. Like, and then good job. The Colts, I felt like we did a pretty good job. Yeah, the and Colts, then, yeah, that was brutal. The Colts, we did a decent job. You can't lose that game. I, I know. I feel like we did a decent job of, of staying in it, but I mean, we we kept bringing out. They kept bringing out Vinatieri. I mean, this defense was doing their job, but right. when you what they, when you have over 500 yards uh, of offense, total, yep. and you only put up 23 points, like what the fuck is this team doing? And that's Brian Hoyer. That's mm-hmm. Brian Hoyer, guys. You can defend Brian Hoyer all you want, and there's a reason Brian Hoyer is a journeyman backup quarterback, and he's the only. He's been like. The starter for a Browns team that's just terrible, a franchise that's been desperate for a quarterback. Well, that's the thing. People will look at the stats and be like, oh, well, Brian, yes. Brian Hoyer didn't turn the ball over. He was 33 for 43. He had a, Q, uh, a quarterback rating of one uh, of 120. Consistent. Why wouldn't they no start No turnovers. Him? Yes. It's because look at what happened on the last play of the draft. That's he one of those things, too. Force yeah, went into Meredith, and Jeffrey's wide open. You know what goes to this Bears team, too, and you, you just mentioned it, 43 pass attempts. Mm-hmm. Look, look, if you can look it up for me, 
What was the average yards per carry on the run game for the Bears? 6.6. Oh my gosh, 6.6? And and Jordan Howard is rushing for over 118 yards in this game? Jordan Howard averaged 7.4 yards per carry. So what the hell are you doing throwing the ball 43 times? He did have a long of 57, though, so that did kind of inflate it. But still, you were able to jam it down the were You were running the ball effectively throughout the entire course of the game, and yet you're not running it enough. I'm not sure how many rush attempts they had, but... 19. 19, you got to run the ball 30 times against the Colts team. And you talk about an offense going back to last year, and this is what's really steaming me right now. And this goes to Dowell Loggins' preparation, game prep. Is he fit to be an offensive coordinator? Me personally, I don't think so. But regardless, going back to the philosophy of the team last year, on offense, they had success by controlling the clock, right? Winning the field position battle and keeping the defense off the field, Mm -hmm. right? And maybe they don't, they're not super talented offense where they don't score a lot of points. But they were able to manipulate the clock in their favor. This this was exactly what you had to do in this game against the Colts when you lose 29-23, is manipulate the clock, utilize the run game that's been efficient, stop throwing it 43 times. Yeah, Brian Hoyer's been good. What the hell are you doing? Well, well let's look at the, the last drive, really, because I think we had two timeouts, if I, I wasn't mistaken, two timeouts before the, on that last drive, right? Oh, I forget. I think we had, I think we had two timeouts left, and we had the, we got the ball with two twenty eight left. Uh, Hoyer throws a, a pass to Meredith, and it was for completed for thirteen yards. I don't think he got out of bounds. Uh, then Hoyer comes back up. He throws a a, a crazy ball to Jeffrey because I don't know how Elshon Jeffrey was wide open on the sideline. He gets out of bounds. Then Hoyer comes up. He throws one right down the seam to to Zach Miller. We just got like what uh, a, a total of about let's see. No, they're moving uh, down like, the field. Yeah, forty five yards. Forty five yards down the field. In three plays, we get to the two-minute warning. We still have two timeouts, and then we throw the ball. We throw the ball twice, and then we uh, they call a timeout, and then we throw a ball again, and then we throw the final ball to. We're trying to throw it to Eddie yeah, Royal. I mean, down, yeah. you, you could have tried one rush in in that in that play because you were running it down the thro- uh, throats of the Colts defense, and you still had a minute or two minutes left in the clock. See, we're we're, we're really diving into this. And really, it's not necessary because this Bears team sucks and this oh, season's they're over. They're awful, but we could have at least right. won two games. Right, but I'm, I'm bringing this up because you, you this win this game. This is a very winnable game. And you have another winnable game this week against the Jaguars, and then you have a chance at 500 uh, you know, with two division matchups going in before the bye. I mentioned this in the preview video, but yeah. the, we're going to talk about Brian Hoyer and Jay Cutler in a little bit, but the difference between the two, and you brought it up earlier, was that final possession. Brian Hoyer and Alshon Jeffrey, by the way, Alshon Jeffrey is not getting nearly enough targets uh, from Cameron Meredith had 12 targets. He was big in the game. Don't get me wrong. And he had a fumble, but he should not be getting 12 targets. Alshon Jeffrey should be getting over 15 targets. It was a huge game for Meredith and it was great. And you know what? The reason why I guess Hoyer shied away from looking at uh, their number one option in the biggest point of the game was because he believed the safety was going to pull over and double team Jeffrey. But that didn't happen. And he well, didn't he even look his way. He doesn't take chances. Brian Hoyer does not take chances. Brian Hoyer is not a a clutch quarterback in any any thought of of the the, the fucking word. I mean, Brian Hoyer in his career. In his career of playing, what, I think he's a, a journeyman of eight years now. He has years old. a total of six fourth-quarter uh, winning drives and just f- uh, six game-winning drives. Jay Cutler, 21 fourth-quarter uh, comebacks Second all-time, I believe. Four, yeah, fourth-quarter uh, comebacks led, and he has 25 game-winning drives. Yes, 25. Uh, there's a number where Cutler has thrown the second-most game-winning touchdown passes only behind Tom Brady in the history of football. So that says something. You you want to bash Cutler all you want? Yeah, he turns the ball over. Yeah, he's, there's flaws in his game. But 
Jay Culler is the difference between a backup and a starter. Jay Culler is a starter, a playmaker. He has the ability to do so. We saw it throughout his time in Chicago. And I just, like, we've talked about this before, too. We're sick of having this Jay Culler conversation. Jay Cutler is only behind Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, Matt Ryan, Carson Palmer, Tony Romo, Joe Flacco, Phillip Rivers for uh, current quarterbacks in fourth quarter drives or game winning drives. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. Jay Cutler's right. All of those lists of names have had success in their careers he's as a, quarterbacks. He's above Rodgers, above Stafford, above uh, Russell Wilson, above Andy Dalton, above Andrew Luck. Well, that also says, too, that the Bears are always playing from behind because yeah. they're bad. Well, yeah, because But it's suck. still, it's, <laughs> it's col- just terrible. Col- yeah. you, you can rely on color to take you down the field in the last possession of the game. We saw it last season so many times. And right now, we let's jump into this conversation. We'll end the podcast. Before I do that, though, I want to li- run down, because this is important, a list of injuries that the Bears are dealing with right now because it's ridiculous. I'm just going to list them all. Ready? Real quick, though. Yeah. Nick Foles, three-year career, right? So far, he has as many game-winning drives as Brian Hoyer does. <laughs> just saying. Tim, Tim, Tim fucking oh, Tebow. No. Tim Tebow has more game-winning no, drives than no. Brian Hoyer. Sam Macho, Bryce Callahan, Kadeem Carey, Cutler, Leonard Floyd, Jarrell Freeman, Eddie Goldman, DeAndre Hall, Alshon Jeffrey, Jeremy Langford, Zach Miller, Tracy Porter, Ro- Eddie Royal, Josh Sitton, Will Sutton, Will Young. That's the Bears injury report. How many stars? They were all starters. Those were all big play guys. Also, Derek Anderson has more game when he drives than Brian Hoyer. Just saying, This man. makes me sick. Derek Carr has more. Geno Smith has more. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, Brian Hoyer is what he is, and let's talk about this. What are the Bears going to do moving forward with this quarterback situation? Well, with this quarterback situation, I don't know if you want to touch up on injuries first, but we'll, we'll get to the injuries. Yeah, a little the, bit. I just yeah. wanted to let everybody know what they're it, dealing it, with. It, they're, it, not, they're playing without their... their Top talents. It, it's ridiculous, and and it's, it just kind of says like you know Ryan Pace is going to be blamed no matter what, even though he, the guys that well, he you brought can in are injured. Well, you can question his two first round picks. Yeah, you can, absolutely, you, you can question that. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, obviously Kevin White has not been playing up to what he's been playing he's up to. Again, and, and and Leonard Floyd has not looked good and can't stay healthy, uh, and and needs to just you know he start eating cheeseburgers. Yep. He needs yep, to start yep. just fucking eating. <laughs> um, but the thing with uh, the thing with the quarterback situation is it's Jay Cutler's job. I don't care if Brian Hoyer was 33 for 43. I don't care if he threw two touchdowns and no interceptions. Look at that last drive. Look at the last play. You have your number one wide receiver, and you he's wide open. Yeah, he's he literally look staring at, at you at in the end zone like, hey, dude, want to throw me the ball? And he forces one to Eddie Royal to down the middle. There was literally nobody it, it, near it that was, pass. It was pathetic. And, and the thing is that Brian Hoyer is a fantastic game manager. He's a fantastic backup quarterback. Orton. He's a fantastic backup quarterback because he is his job there yeah. is to make short throws. Don't make mistakes. And don't make mistakes. It keeps and you in the league. very good at that. But he cannot do anything more than that. There's a reason he's been on five teams throughout his career. There's, there's a reason why he's not starting, starting quarterback for any team this year. There's a reason the Browns didn't try to trade for him. There's a reason the Browns didn't pick him up. The, Brian Hoyer is not an, a starting quarterback. Jay Cutler, I know that he makes mistakes. I know that you might not think he re- has the right attitude. People still say that he's the worst quarterback in the league. Jesus Christ, Keith Keenum's a fucking <laughs> more quarterback in the league. Jay Cutler can win you games. Yep. And, and I'm not saying that he's going to win you, you know, eight games in a season. That's a lot to ask for. <laughs> but he can, Bears team bad. But but if you put him in that situation with the Colts, they win. Bears will win. I think they score more points than 23. I oh, feel they like, definitely do that as well. I feel like this offense... Well, I mean, Would there be more turnovers? Yeah. Yeah, possibly. I mean, there's hypotheticals all the way around, but the fact is, we got to deal with this Brian Hoyer, Jay Cutler nonsense, and... That's why I want Cutler going. John Fox hasn't made a commitment yet to say that, you know, Cutler's their guy, their quarterback, and I, I just... Are you getting a little sick of John Fox? Oh, completely. Because I, I kind of am. 
I yeah. kind of am. I'm not seeing any progression in this team right now. And I was I was kind of iffy even when they hired him too. I was I was like, oh cool, we got John Fox, but why did we get John Fox? Well, He's really they, old. They wanted to do that because they wanted to establish a guy, uh, bring in a guy who is uh, not a first year head coach or whatever, and they want with NFL experience and experience to revamp a bad program. And the Bears have been bad for a while now. And yeah. You know what? Right now, what the Bears can hope for is. What do they what do they do? Do they use Brian Hoyer for the rest of the season because it's lost anyway and just let Jay Cutler walk this offseason or do you play Cutler, get value for him in the offseason hopefully by trade because I think we can both agree that Cutler is pretty much done after the season. He's got to be. Uh, if he's not, I don't think I'm watching the Bears anymore. For at least for like when Noel Cutler's on the team. I mean, it's just it's brutal. I I loved Cutler's time here, but I also just wanted to be over. Um <laughs> It, it, it it's it's sad that we we are like all right will we take the the worst quarterback just so we don't have to listen to the Jay Cutler talk and, and that's pretty sad but also I mean Jay Cutler is going to give you the best chance at winning so maybe yeah well I I would say go with Brian Hoyer because I really want that number one pick and I want hmm. Sean Kaiser yeah Brian Hoyer will be just good enough to get you close enough to win but lose so that if you want Brian Hoyer for the rest of the season that's what you're going to get mm-hmm. anyway on that note woo. Let's end it there, huh? Thanks for having me on. No, thanks for being on. This no is uh, this is too easy. This is too easy to talk sports and stuff and things. So anyway. Anyway. This is Behind the Pen. You've been listening to mostvailablepodcast.com. If you're on Blog Talk Radio, thank you for sticking around for the whole thing. If you're on YouTube, thanks for sticking around, and hopefully you subscribe to our channel. We're moving on up. That'd be dope. That'd be sweet. That'd be dope. Totally. And we, what else we got? We're on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. We got Sean Anderson literally across from me who runs everything. He's doing an awesome job. Thanks, also, bud. follow me on Twitter. That's most important, at Rangan906. Famous now. I don't know if you guys... Two, you know, 200 retweets? Whatever. No, no big deal. Yeah. Hobby bias. Yeah, just check me out. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we talked Bears, Cubs, baseball, and more things and stuff. So I'll be here for you again next week. Until then, we'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I came from a low-income family that was that was struggling. You see how hard life can get. GC became a part of my life because I don't want my family to fall back into that. I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life and just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy, and Grand Canyon University helped me find my purpose.